Welcome to QSMU, where we share inspiring stories and ideas, helping you to find a lifestyle true to yourself. Hello guys, welcome to episode, what is it, 15, Kinse Kinse, as we say over here in Chile, or any other Spanish speaking country. So, my name is Freddie Saliba, and today, it's all about me. So, Maria's coming back and interviewing me in part two. So, get your earbuds ready. We've got a long and interesting episode for you. Let's go! Hello, everybody. Today, I'm going to interview Fred again, because I've got lots more questions, and we've got a whole other section of his life that we're going to talk about. So, welcome, Fred. Thank you. I'm very excited. Yeah, it is very exciting. So recapping last time we talked about you decided to give up your my therapy business and move to Sweden. I wanted to go into like what happened. So you planned the whole thing, then you traveled with a few friends for a few weeks, and then they just left you in Stockholm and went home, basically. I saw them off at the train and they got on and were like waving at each other bye (laughs) yeah so then tell us about that moment when the train was gone and you're just like okay well i hadn't planned anything yeah fantastic i was in a hostel and then i I think i moved hostels to a cheaper one and i had no idea what i was going to do whether i was going to look for work or look for like volunteer work keep traveling but i was running out of money and you're like, okay, I've got a year and it's expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was also so exhausted from traveling around for like four yeah, weeks. Absolutely. Because we were, yeah, we're just going crazy to like fast travel. I don't like fast travel. Yeah, tiring. We weren't the best travel buddies either. Like we didn't meld style-wise. Had some different ideas about what everybody wanted to do. So it really exhausted us, or at least me at the end. Like even we got to Stockholm and I was just like, I'm going to be here for a year. I don't want to look around. I'm just going to sleep. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're in like a different, like I want to touch on that as well. Tell me about the mind frame and how different it is when you're, you're traveling with your buddies and you're doing a tour and France, Italy, Spain, here, there. And then suddenly you just stop and you're like, I'm here for a year. Like I actually live here now. We're at Spain before. And then we took the plane from Barcelona to there. Even in Spain, I was just so exhausted by that stage. And I wanted to look, but I was like, oh, I'm going to be in Europe for God knows how long. And I got there and they were like, oh yeah, this, that. I was like, whatever, I'll get there. I'm not stressing. Did you suddenly feel like a local straight away? Oh gosh, no. (laughs) I mean, I didn't speak any Swedish. I didn't even know what I was doing. And, you know, the funny thing, I got to the hostel and I was like, okay, maybe I should look at jobs. Hang on, I haven't updated my resume. Oh my God. Oh, I probably should do that. Hello, haven't you thought of this, you stupid idiot? And did you have your laptop on you to be able to do that? I had my laptop. Oh, okay. Didn't I have where to print something or anything? And also just to put it out there, you weren't doing any online work at that stage either. So you were more in the mind frame of getting a physical job. Yeah, and coming from my therapy, I was looking at either in my therapy or other, whatever. Um, I didn't really want to overly do my therapy, massage sort of stuff. You wanted a break? Yeah, I wanted something different. I think I was ready to move on by that stage. I started looking and I was also looking at places. Um, and one of the biggest parts 
I think for foreigners finding, I mean, besides finding a job that's very difficult when you don't speak Swedish, you've really only got hospitality work and you generally need a good experience with that. So how can you work in hospitality if you don't have any Swedish? So it's quite fascinating. Most of them are fine with it because there's so many foreigners, especially I ended up working in Gamla Stan, which they call Old Town. That's the most touristic part of Stockholm. Swedish people will come in and they expect the staff members to speak English. Quite weird. Oh, okay. And they're all fine with it because they speak perfect English. You know, you'll get like one really old person who just doesn't speak English. I had a few people get grumpy over the, the time I was there about it. But at the same time, I was speaking reasonable amount anyway by the end. But not just in that touristic area, you can go out of it and work in different parts. Yeah, don't work Swedish, but it's a weird culture. Obviously, the other parts, like if you've got a skilled job, like IT is a big market in Sweden. So many people get hired and come in for IT work. They're the makers of Spotify and all that sort of stuff. So that's Sweden. So it makes sense. So tell us a bit more about what you did when you first came there. So I was looking at places and then I was finding it really difficult to find like accommodation. So this was the other big thing in Stockholm. So hard to find accommodation. You know, you look on Facebook groups and all this sort of stuff, but they usually get snatched up really quickly. And I was looking in the summertime as well. So it was a really weird time to come in, both for work and for accommodation so work-wise i started looking kind of middle of summer so people had their summer employers already or they were closed because in summer like pretty much everyone leaves stockholm in summer and they go away or the tourists come in they're either dead quiet or they already had their staff for the summer okay so you kind of had to wait yeah it was a really awkward time and then also with um, accommodation they were all often like summer accommodation so a couple months you could get it for but I ended up doing a work away so like I talked about in the last one about going and working somewhere uh, for free you get food and accommodation yeah 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 and what was that I went up far far north of Sweden so it was like 24 hours via train and bus oh wow so this is the middle of summer another reason why I went to Sweden okay so this experience okay all right let's talk about this in Stockholm in summer you have sun starts to set at like 11 p.m wow starts to go down like you know that twilight yeah 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 and then at 3 a.m it's bright as day again wow at the peak of summer, there's no no nighttime at all. It's that, oh, almost, 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 and then it's bright again. You know, I have seen that a little bit in St. Petersburg. It's very north of Russia, but it's still south of Sweden. So even more north would be so much more. Yeah, and Stockholm's kind of like not even centre of Sweden, but I got up to like the Arctic Circle, like far, far wow. up. So at 7pm, we were going, and I saw the sun starting to go down in a few hours and it looked as if it was going down going down and it just stayed there wow and that's amazing it never went down until i came back it so is that because the earth is on such an axis that the sun is like that part of the world is pointing at the sun all the time during the yeah. summer is that what's happening yeah, okay exactly. that's amazing so literally no matter what time it was the sun was in the same spot it was crazy unbelievable 
And were you able to sleep? Like my mum was saying she lived in St. Petersburg for a while and she literally had insomnia because there's like sunlight streaming through at two in the morning, three in the morning. Oh, me, I can sleep whenever. I mean, I just have a yeah, nap okay. um, at, you know, four o'clock. So. so you were fine. Yeah, I would have been the same. So the sort of work I was doing was I was helping these guys make these, like they're called Sami huts. So Samis are the natives of upper Scandinavia. So we're making these huts. It was more for tourism and there was just a couple of us working there and we pretty much could do whatever. It was like, I think five hours we worked every day, but we ended up kind of getting to bed very late, like 12, two o'clock. And then we just got up late anyway. So we went too fast, but you know, and when I was in Stockholm, it was fine anyway. But again, I, I worked late and, and just used curtains if you needed to. Yeah. I mean, up in the north at this volunteer place did not have very good curtains, but <laughs> they probably just don't care. They're just so used to it. They don't even think of curtains. Okay, up there we didn't have proper internet no electricity. They had a little power battery that we turned on a couple hours a day. It was like full on middle of nowhere. That's crazy. But it was warm because you were in the summer, you were in July. Oh, it was, no, it was freezing. I mean, they were like, oh, it's going to be warm. And I was like, man, you don't know what warm is. Yeah, this is freezing. <laughs> but oh, my God. That was the big thing you could tell between the night and the day. The night, it got really cold. Okay. So it's sunny and cold at night, sunny and half cold at, in the day. Yeah, and it depends. It kind of cooled down. But you could also see there was still snow around. Oh, my In the middle God. of summer. Apparently, a few weeks before I got there, it was snowing. Oh, my God. I couldn't do it. That's crazy. It's like the North Pole, so. Yeah, okay, yeah, and it would be like the North Pole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I'd love to go there one day. Unfortunately, didn't get there in the winter to see the Northern Lights, uh, Aurora Bora. I was thinking about that. I really want to see that. Yeah, so next time I get there, that's on my to-do list when I return. Not sure when that will be. To Sweden. I want to go to Sweden still. We'll do it together. Let's do it. Norway. Oh. I want to do Norway. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Maybe we can get some house sitting. That'll be a lot cheaper as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine <laughs> that. Oh. All right. Well, then what happened? So then you ended up going back to Stockholm mm. because the thing ran out, did it? The work away ran out? Sort of. Sort of not. I kind of was like just with the guy who was organising and me in the end and it was okay. I was going a bit stir crazy. I was wanting to learn Swedish. He wasn't even from Sweden. It was still fun, but I was really like, I want to go back, learn Swedish, get into like real life. And I think I found a place that I could have stayed at for a couple of months. So I went, let's go. It was with all these students and stuff. It was really cool. They were foreigners, but yeah, got back there and then started looking for work. And it took me like six weeks or something to find work. Yeah, wow. It was crazy. And then, yeah, found a place at Hairy Pig, the restaurant in Delhi. So that was a yeah, fun little place. To work, worked there for like the rest of the time I was there, a year and a half almost. Wow. So you really got settled in. Yeah, I got settled in, but I guess, don't want to jump too far forward, but I, I realised in the end I felt I was kind of getting stuck again by the end. Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to hear more about this. So you found a job and you're like, thank God I have a job and everything like this. But then after a year, you're like, I'm stuck again. Tell us a bit more about that process. It wasn't like... Boom, you know, one to the other. The thing is, I was loving being overseas. I realised, like, almost as soon as I got there, I was like, I don't want to live in Australia forever. I don't want to feel stuck in Australia. The feeling of being stuck in Australia, I didn't think of it that way until I think I started doing this online work. I thought, 
if I go into Australia and work in Australia, then it's going to be so hard to get out. I'm thinking physical work-wise. This is where the online work has really freed my capacity of all this stuff. Because what I started realising was wherever I work, I have to settle there. I have to figure out a visa and I have to... Especially when you do visas, a lot of places, at least Sweden, for example, you have to stay with the same person for like the first 24 months of the visa. And to work. At the same employer. At the same location, yeah. And then you can change a bit easier. Yeah, so there's all these hassles. Like, I was enjoying it, but there wasn't going to be much growth. And, you know, I was like, mm. and honestly retrospectively i don't want to work in a restaurant too much like it's okay yeah but you don't want to be there for the rest of your life uh i want something more no offense to those guys uh it's for me it's not my lifelong dream it wasn't just being stuck in a workplace but the other part i remember at one point i had this i was going into a bit of depression in some ways i think also you hear a lot they call it swedish depression as well where a lot of people get it like a winter blues thing is that what you're talking about a little bit but it's also a cultural thing because they're very superficially friendly not that sounds awful but you go to first go to sweden you meet people they're really friendly ah uh, you'll go out for drinks or whatever really great you know learning the language cool but we'll speak english no worries but then you kind of realize after a few months you get all these friends but then they stop talking to you or they especially as you go into winter as well winter especially so in winter hibernating? hibernate they literally they don't see people they use it for self-improvement oh wow they don't meet people they don't go out but the thing is i find after the first few months everyone starts to feel this for winter even more so and then obviously the fact that in winter you only have like four hours sunlight so the opposite of what we're talking about in summer the sun rises at like eight or nine a.m and then like two or three pitch black wow yeah russia has the same yeah it's crazy but also what i realized when it became summer again was it's not just pitch it's dark it's that there's no actual sun rays like vitamin d coming in yeah so i was saying the other day, like I posted on my Instagram stories, photo of the, the sun, and I was sitting there going, ah, sun, appreciating it so much, especially in winter, that like you just wouldn't get the sun there. You just have, you know, there's, there's sunlight, but it's not hitting you and you're not sitting there going, oh my God, I'm getting my vitamin D. This is amazing. It might not be hot. It doesn't have to be hot, you know, but you don't get that. It's a risk there. of vitamin D deficiency, which can lead to all sorts of problems. Yeah, so really interesting. That was something I didn't fully realise because I was like, it's fine. But I don't know, a lot of people get it. But I think I also got it on the other part was I realised that if I was going to stay in Sweden, you could get a visa there and then keep working. If you stay there five years, you can get a citizenship. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. You have a citizenship in Sweden. It's an open door for the EU. Then you are not tied down to a location. But I had to be tied down for a location for five years. I had one day where I just realised also that one of my friends that I was living with, he was from Finland. He was like, oh, you know, I'm going back to my family's next week for a weekend. Like he'd go over every other weekend, as you do. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to our family holiday house, blah, blah, blah. And I just had this like, if I'm doing this, I mean, like I had this, I'm staying here. This is what I'm doing. So I had this thought of, I'm never going to go back to Australia. And actually not ever, but for a while, I'm not going to be able to go back to Australia and like relax, go to our holiday house, spend a couple of weeks. So I'll be there for maybe four weeks or six weeks. And in that time, 
you're meeting all your friends, you're doing all this stuff and you're like, you don't have time to relax and do all that sort of stuff that you used to do. I don't like that. I don't like this idea, but that's what I got to do. You know, I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice here because if I don't want to be in Australia, this is how I have to do it. That's what I was thinking, you know? I mean, since the online work, that's where I've realized I can go wherever I want. If I'm working in a couple of months, I want to go down to Patagonia. It's going to probably cost me less because it's not in Santiago. Maybe in the summer it gets a little bit more, but it's just going to cost me the trip to get there. Because you're just earning online. Yeah, I'm still working. It's not that it's a holiday. It's just change the outdoor scenery. Wow. And it just made me realise, hey, I could go back to Australia for six months because I'm not tied there either. I would be happy to be Australia, but I don't want to be they're feeling like I have to be there for work. Or... So it's that feeling of being trapped that you don't like. It's not that you don't like Australia. It's that you don't want to feel trapped somewhat. And Australia is so far away. That's the other thing. Yeah, that's the other thing. If you can... How did you realise that you did have a choice? You know, you were saying before, like, oh, I felt like I was tied down and didn't have a choice. And then suddenly you feel like you do have a choice and you've got all this new direction in your life. It was not from one to the other. I had this whole thing of, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I think I mentioned this briefly in my intro episode, some of this. But I was out saying goodbye to one of my Chilean friends who was moving back. Alvaro. So he was moving back and me and my manager went to his farewell party so after work so we finished work like we would close the kitchen get there maybe 11 or 12 and he was catching a bus at 3 or 4 a.m yeah four hours or we partying it up and I was the only non-Chilean there only non-Chilean there was like 20 30 people I do like half of them Alvaro sat right next to me arm around me talking to me and not the whole time he wasn't talking to me the whole time but they were all speaking spanish the whole time and me knew like hola maybe not even <laughs> i don't know uh, <laughs> and but i did not feel left out either because my friend was sitting there Aww. he sat there and he's he actually said to me he was like man did you know that you were the first person i met here when i got here i kept the very first day I came into the restaurant to meet my friend Catalina, who was our manager, and you were working there, you know, and you have been part of my Swedish journey from the start, from day one, mean a lot. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, wow, I didn't realise. Like, you know, I sort of knew, but not like, didn't realise how much. Yeah, not like that. Mm. And he showed me a photo of where he was living, where he's from. And I was like, really? Like, the houses were not the best. They were not poorly constructed. I, I know now they're not really poorly constructed, but they've got this image of they don't have to look incredible. Yeah, a bit ratty or a bit run down or whatever. And I just was like, man, my friend, all these people are from this sort of culture. Mm. Real third world country. Technically a third world country. I was like, man, how can I have not known this, you know? How can all these amazing people? Also the fact, you know, we were we went to the bus station and... I had this realisation there was all these people, they were all so different, these Chileans, you know, so different people. But they were all there meeting up together because there was something in their culture that they wanted to stay in contact with. I mean, do Australians do that when they're living overseas? Not so much. I mean, obviously you've got good or bad things about like meeting up, but, but it's not that they're afraid to meet other people. They've really got this bond to their culture, you know, that they want to 
they've got something there that they miss, you know. It's like when we miss Australia, yeah, we miss it a bit. Like we miss things about it, but it's not that we need to surround ourselves with each other because it's... Yeah, we don't have that. Everyone there is just, was welcome. No matter what you are, I was welcome. You know, I wasn't from Chile, I didn't speak um, Chile. <laughs> Spanish, Spanish. yeah. You know, <laughs> but everyone's welcome. That's amazing. A few days later, I went out with my, yeah, my best mate, David, who's also from Chile. And I think we're coming home and I just went, I need to go to Chile. Oh, wow. You know, I, need to, I need to go. Like, I just had this light switch moment. And he was like, yeah, man, you need to go. Oh, that's yep. so cool. <laughs> of course, they're saying you need to go. They want to share their home with you. Yeah, especially, it's so fascinating. Chileans, like, I guess it's, I mean, over here, there is not many Australians here, you know, they don't get a massive amount. Of, I mean, they get tourists, tourists and stuff. But when I started telling people that I was going, the passion they have to share their own stuff, to share their culture. Yeah. Oh my God, you're going, you have to go here, you have to go here, you have to go here. Oh my God. People say, Oh, I'm going to Australia. I'm like, Okay, good for you. Like, you and every other person <laughs> go to Australia. Whoop de doo. I'm not so too, I mean, yeah, it's exciting, but I'm going for two weeks. Well, you're not really going to give it. If you're going to, Go see all these amazing things in Australia. Cool. But most of the time, it's probably just go to Sydney, go to Melbourne. Yeah, and yeah, I love yeah. Melbourne. Eat food, but, go home. <laughs> yeah, it's not most exciting in my opinion. You know, if you want Great Barrier Reef, you know, you're going yeah, to Alice Springs. Oh, yeah, those sort of things. Um, that'd be amazing. But, you know, that also the time you need to do interesting stuff in Australia. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also everyone does Australia. Everyone Australia is this dream world for everyone, you know. Everyone's just like, oh, I always want to go there. And you're like, okay. It's not very original, I guess. Not, no offence. I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing. But, you know, with Chile, when I say to Chile, they just have this spark of like, ah. Oh, and it just made me want to go more. That's so nice. I mean, the other part was there was this whole thing with the visa where I wasn't sure if it was getting renewed or not. And people were like, yeah, you can just keep trying and this. And it was just not the easiest thing. And I think I just went, no, let's. Let's move on. I mean, the other thing, you know, I was saying, you know, you get the five years and you get a passport. That's only going to open it up to Europe, which is still a small part of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It may actually not be worth the five years of commitment that you have to put into it. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, God, I love Europe, but. I just had this thing. I was like, no, no, I need to get like another side of the world, like something completely different, mm. you know? Chile is so different to Sweden and Australia. I mean, Sweden and Australia are very rich countries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like going to the other next door neighbour rich country. Yeah. And you've got cultural differences for sure. But but the lifestyle is still very similar. The actual, yeah. In some ways, yeah. I just wanted, I was like, I need to go somewhere completely different and may as well do chili. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you kind of realised that you wanted to keep travelling rather than settling in somewhere. I've been finding this instinct inside of me, which I knew has been here. Um, and it's the reason I went to Sweden, you know. I wasn't initially going to be there for that long. I was going to see how it went, but, you know. And you felt those trapping hands of the secure job and a secure place. And, and you were like, let go of me. <laughs> I had a couple months. I booked my tickets back. And, well, I first did like a three or four weeks around Europe um, just to, you know, finished up work early then went and traveled around eastern europe amazing uh, which was amazing and i was like i remember messaging my my bestie um david and i was like man 
this is what I want to do. I don't want to be tied down to a place. I want to just be able to go anywhere I want to go. Yeah, that freedom. When I get to Chile, I don't want to sit there straight away and start finding a job and work. I don't want to be stuck there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to just repeat the whole process again, just in a different location. Yeah, Mm. I just had this life. Because I just, it was the first time. So I did three weeks. I had booked a ticket to Bosnia, like random ticket to Bosnia to this middle of nowhere town. Yeah, why not? It wasn't great. Let's be honest here. Let's be honest, Uh, yeah. I mean, you get different parts of Bosnia, which is more touristic, and apparently they're amazing. Yeah, okay. And you didn't go there? (laughs) No. The other thing is I went out the night before and had, like, a big farewell. So I was super hungover. I didn't actually sleep at all. Then I got there and I had this plan of don't book anything, just rock up, they'll be fine. I didn't think about the fact that Bosnia is outside of the EU. So therefore my phone plan doesn't work there. My phone works everywhere in that's so annoying yeah i get there and i was like oh where am i going i you know no brain power because i was super hungover i had like two hours sleep on the airplane and i just got there i was like where am i going what am i doing i don't know i don't understand this culture it was like so different and i was just like i ended up i think i found like a tourist center and i was like put it show me on a map I went to one that they recommended and it wasn't there. I don't know. <laughs> and then I found another one. I was like, it was a bit more expensive than should have been. But I went in and it was like, wasn't really a hostel. I think I had my own room. So it was like a motel. Yeah, it was like a motel. I don't think anyone else was there. I didn't see any other guests. Yeah, this is what I call Serbia problems. Yeah. <laughs> I had a few Serbia problems when I was in Serbia recently too. But yeah, it's weird when you travel to a weird place like that and. It's just a whole different universe. And I was just walking around. I just didn't understand, like... What was going on? <laughs> yeah, people just sitting out in these cafes as well, okay? They're sitting in these, like, outside the cafes. I mean, they're like, why are you here? You're a foreigner in this godforsaken town. I mean... Do you know, I mean this in the most loving way, but sometimes that's just their face as well. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they might not have even been looking at you weird. Sometimes they just have this sour look in their face. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and obviously, I didn't, I didn't speak any Bosnian or anything either. So I was like, oh, pointing at them. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll figure this out. And some of them were just like, oh, I can't help you. I was like, this, just, just give me this. Like, I don't know. And they'll be like, no, we don't have that. Okay, well, just give me something. Give me something. Like. <laughs> Is this you trying to order food? <laughs> yeah. They're like, man, leave this place. Go away. <laughs> we know, like, American. But the thing is, also, <laughs> I'd go there and I'm like, are they serving food? Like, they look like restaurant or cafes, but they wouldn't have menus. And then everyone would be sitting there just have, like, a Coke. And there was no one there, though. There'd be, like, two people outside. Yeah, in- yeah, yeah. They do that. Yeah, they do that over there. Yeah. <laughs> Does this place serve food or what, like what's going on? Some of them on? don't. Some of them don't even serve food. They just they just serve drinks. And I even went for breakfast one place, and I was like, I ended up getting like this really sweet cake thing because that's all they had on the menu. That sort of stuff. I got that in a coffee, and then I looked around, and someone had like some amazing breakfast. And, and you're like, like, what is happening right now? <laughs> that's what I want. Uh- <laughs> unbelievable this is the foreigners menu you know yeah yeah foreigners get out of here <laughs> i think i went to one bar that i found and it was absolutely amazing they so cheap drinks it was so full everyone like young folk oh nice and that's the good side of it yeah it was nice um you couldn't find it very easily but i ended up like went to the bus station i was like oh where am i going let's go okay zagreb 
Where, where is that? I don't know. Croatia. Yeah, I knew Croatia, but I was like, uh, don't really know. So I got on the bus and as like switched over to Croatia, you know, I got my Wi-Fi there. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, internet on your phone. And I posted something on Facebook and one of my friends from Croatia didn't even realise, but he was back in Croatia. I met him in Sweden and he was like, oh, where are you heading? And I was like, oh, to Zagreb. And he's like, oh, that's where I'm living. It's a completely turned trip, you know, from place where, I mean, even getting a bus was confusing, let's be honest here. You know, I had to walk like an hour and a half just to get to the bus station. You couldn't really look for them online. You know, I asked the, that tourist place that I went to before and they called someone up. They were like, yeah, it's at this time. Cool. It's going to cost you about this much. So this is where you go. So I went there and I talked to someone and they're like, oh, no, 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 not us. Go over here. No, 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 not us. No, no. I got redirected 50 times. Got a ticket and they were like, oh, yeah, over there or something. Like, go away. Non, you don't speak our language. I don't know. So I was like, okay, let's hope so. It came a bit later and it was quite weird. So I think I either hadn't paid something or it was like I don't know something really weird like I hadn't actually paid but oh yeah they just told me where to go I hadn't paid and I was like okay so this is where it is I, I get on the bus and I'm like well, I'm so confused what's going on I'm pretty sure someone else paid or like they gave a paid ticket and I had money in like Croatian money now I think I changed all my money to Croatian and bought some food as you leave as you do and then get on the bus, give them my luggage, and do I give you money? I don't know what's going on. Get on the bus and you know, bid into it. If the guy comes up, he's like, your ticket? And I was like, no, but like, here's money or something. And he just looks at me and he's like, do you speak Bosnian Croatian German? And I was like, no, I've got a little bit of Spanish now. Uh, I speak French, English, a bit of Swedish, anything. And I, no. And he just walked off and I was like, okay, does that mean I'm like oh not God. paying? Am I going to get in trouble? Like, yeah, it's yeah, not cost yeah. the border as well, you know? I was freaking out. And then later he did come off and he's like, oh yeah, like this money. And I was like, uh, uh, like it didn't even correspond to the amount that I had. Like I was so confused. Yeah, yeah. Just take it and go away. <laughs> yeah, okay. Here's this. And I was like, okay. But no, once I got there and it was so amazing, I just figured it out as I went along and it was just the best feeling of not knowing what you're doing and it's okay. And you've kind of latched on to that, haven't you? You've made that a priority now. Just being so free to do whatever. You have your mishaps, but, but you have these mishaps and that's part of the beauty of it. It's like, well, whatever. Definitely had a mishaps over here too. Uh, <laughs> but just absolutely incredible so that's when I realized that's what I wanted to do and I went back to Sweden to get my bags and everything and had like a couple more days before I came back to Australia but all my friends were just like man you're a completely changed person wow because you got to travel oh, this is what I want to do yeah my goals in my life you know and I was like buzzing you know my mate was like oh my God, I've got these issues at work. And I was like, man, it doesn't matter. It's just work. I was being, he was like, man, you're, you're turned into a hippie. A nomad. I like the word nomad. I've only recently considered myself a nomad. Archie's knocking on the door. Sorry, Fred. Archie, Maria's son is going to come and join us. Come here. Come on. Oh, look. Hi. Oh, oh hey. Hello. Hi. It's Fred. Yeah, you got dreadlocks. Wow, that's very cool. Very trendy. Very nomadic. So where are you right now? 
just to kind of Santiago, it... Chile. I just moved into a, a house for a couple of months, which is really nice as well. Oh, amazing. I think that you've been a nomad since you went to Chile. Since I moved to Chile, yeah. But there's obviously levels and you've finally reached a level where even you think you're a nomad. I mean, I think it's, yeah, since I went to Chile, that's where I was probably aspiring to that I didn't realise it yet. I think if you don't have a set address, you can call yourself a nomad. Who wants a set address? I know, right? <laughs> no, I actually do. I actually do. <laughs> you have a home base. You can be location independent, but not nomadic. So what's the difference then? So nomadic is, yeah, no home base. You travel wherever you want. But location independence is work that means you can work from anywhere. So you can be nomadic, but doesn't mean you have to be. Oh, so you could be at home. So I am location independent, but I'm also nomadic. Right. Whereas if I got a location independent job, but still had a home, I would be, yeah, not nomadic. That makes sense, actually. It means you can choose your life. You can choose to travel. You can choose not to travel. So the location-dependent thing is about the choice. And it means that you can work from home. You can work in a cafe. Well, not necessarily a cafe, but you can work in the location you want. You don't have to go to work. You don't have to go through peak hour and spend all that ridiculous time in traffic. I can't. I can't. I can't even think about doing that. Oh, That's the, the big difference. That's amazing. So tell us a little bit more about this whole location-dependent slash nomadic slash working online. Like I think that it's such a big topic that I think a lot of people might be curious about. Okay, so you were in Sweden and you had a cafe job, right? And then you came back to Australia for a couple of months, you still had a cafe job. So then how did you do this whole thing? I think this was also one thing my boss came at me at one point and we had a bit of like discussions and like it would it was working okay, but... Which boss? Which boss was this? In Australia. And we're having a bit of issues. Talked to her at one point and she was like, we worked it out. And she said, you know, part of it is, I think, like you were doing it in Sweden, but you were kind of on holiday. Like it's temporary. And you're here, it's temporary, but it's not what you want to do for the rest of your life. And that was the first time I realised that. Like before I was like, I'm happy to work in whatever I want. In, in a cafe, for example. Yeah, whatever. And I was like, I can do that. And I just was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, look, she's right. I don't. She was like, is a temporary job for you, you know? This isn't what you want to do. And she could see that. She said that to me. Like, and I was like, oh, my God. Sometimes someone else tells you something that you didn't even realise. Yeah, and I just like, walked away and then I was like, what do I want to do? <laughs> so this was only six months ago, wasn't it? Because you came to Australia for two months and did a cafe job just to get a bit of money in that time. I came back in November. I think I started working there sometime in December. And I left end of February. So I was there till the end of then. And we're just in August now. So it's only six months ago. So you only had this realisation six months ago that just getting a random job is not going to work for you. Well, I kind of had it like straight up, honestly, like from that. I was like, hmm. Mm. I was thinking about the sort of work I could do here. And also because I was in a podcast here by Zach, your husband, and I was talking with you and another friend about possibly starting my own podcast and also was reading this book. What's it called? 80,000 hours. Oh, my God. Which we are going to do an episode on this. It's amazing. Basically an idea about finding work that is both rewarding for yourself and the world. And the world. I love that. And the fact that the more impact you put on the world, the more you'll get back as well. So I was like, what can I do this? And also like there's certain things that you need. 
And part of it's like, for example, for me, I need the freedom to be able to travel. So I was reading this thing going, I needed to do something where I can help people. I can travel, had the freedom to do all this. Otherwise, I will not be happy. But you still have to have money as well because you can't live otherwise. Yeah. And how do you put all that together? And I had no idea. But I had this idea about podcasting because I love talking, you know. Yes. (laughs) I love listening to people. And somehow I feel like since I was traveling and doing what I was doing, I realized people were tuning into that energy and they were really loving that. Tuning into which energy? Exactly the fact that you like to listen to people. No, the energy of me traveling and me living the life I'm wanting to live. Oh, so you're inspiring people. And I think that's why Zach wanted to get me on the podcast. I had this crazy energy, this... You did. You had this momentum. You started to get this momentum. You did this whole thing in Sweden and then you didn't just come home and get a job. Um, you, you were like, I'm here for a visit, but then I'm going to go and do this working holiday in Chile now. And then I don't know what I'm going to do after that. I'm going to be location in... Well, I hadn't figured that out yet, but I had this yeah, podcast idea and I was like, I don't know, I want to do this. You know, I want to help people, which I still haven't figured fully out yet, but... I've got at least part of it. And so then I had this podcasting idea in the back of my head and I didn't end up, I came to Chile, like, oh yeah, thinking about it. And I thought, yeah, just for fun. I'm not going to make this a business. And you would have had no idea how to at the time. Volunteered at a hostel and one of my friends there, I was saying about, oh, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. They're like, do it. And I was like, yeah, it's not going to be for money or anything. You know, I'm not going to make money from it. It's like, why not? <laughs> I love it. Good attitude. And I just had this, oh, it's a possibility. Like I'd never thought of that before. I had, but I was like, no, 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 no. I think it was also because someone told me like when I was talking about possibly doing it, they're like, don't become a travel blogger. Yeah, um, right. And I don't know why. I think there's a stigma against that sort of stuff, which whatever. I think it's if you're doing it and you can make money, go for it. Who cares about the stigma? If you love it, you do it and you can live off it perfect or you're doing it for a passion that's fine too you don't have to live off it i realized i'm not much of a blogger i had this like oh i don't know and then yeah he gave me this thought of yeah let's do it still in the back of my mind i didn't do anything started traveling around peru and bolivia and i think i started listening to podcasts again because i hadn't listened for a while and i started looking for people who talk about how to make podcasts because i was like if i'm going to do this I need to want to listen to podcasts and also learn, like, I don't know where to start. I came across one person who he had a few good episodes and then he interviewed this guy, Travis, who I ended up listening to his podcast and really connected with his podcast and also a podcast he does with someone else. So this location independent and they made the community that I'm in now. And you'll put some links in the notes if people want to see absolutely so it's pretty much i got to this idea i was resonating and i mean i remember at one point they say uh you know like we talk about the whole location independent lifestyle and like you know you can do it from everywhere but and i was like that's not what i want i don't want this okay actually this is what i want like what am i doing (laughs) when you first hear it it maybe jarred you a little bit i think it was also the fact that think about online work or remote work nomadic work you are a freelance person with some fancy thing i was like i don't know how to do anything you know like not not do it no you know what i mean like what can i do i can't program i can't i'm not going to be making websites for people i'm, I'm not going to go back to massage yeah and i don't want to go study something again like and it's hard to get your head around like, yeah like if it's a short course maybe but i didn't want to go and study like a full degree or like i'm, I'm done with that i'm sorry 
you know absolutely all i thought was yeah you have to be it or something to do this sort of work um i want to talk about vagabonding because i think it's a pretty big topic that we talk about a lot and um, i think it was a big contributor in you even going to sweden in the first place and we haven't even touched on that one before so tell us about vagabonding tell us about the book vagabonding and then how that inspired you to even go to sweden as well yes so I guess what this was one that you recommended to me. Yeah, I read it as well. It was amazing. (laughs) Um, So by Ralph Potts. Honestly, it's one of the only books I carry around with me as well. I have a written copy that I've got all these notes in. You got your highlighters out. Yep. And then I've also (laughs) got it on audio, which I actually listened again a bit of it the other day. Oh, my God. I need to re-listen. It just feeds my soul in a way that nothing else does. Oh, my God. Just tell us all about that. Yeah, so it's pretty much vagabonding, they say, is the art of long-term travel. But it's not just the actual travel. It's also the idea behind it. So living in a way for the long-term travel. So Lifestyle? Yeah, lifestyle. They talk about the idea of the way he talks about it, Ralph Potts, is vagabonding in his form is you're working for a while to travel but you're working not to then take a vacation and escape from reality it's more working to fund your passion and to your and your travel and it could be a freelancing situation where you're online working or you might work for a while somewhere and then go travel yeah yeah so i mean he focuses a bit more like take a sabbatical or something and you take a year off but you might back in your home country your work and then you take time off but there is that other side that i've kind of drawn more towards but the whole book it's the most practical i mean they talk about like pre-preparation the mentality the ideas of so it's like a field manual almost to do with how to travel and live a life that is sim- not simpler, but goal orientated, I guess. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, think about, okay, what do you actually want to do in your life? Me, it's uh, my passion is travel. Uh, a little bit yours, I think, as well. Yeah, not quite to the same extreme extent, but definitely. Yeah, yeah. in a different, a different way, though. But for me, it's like really, I just want to see the whole world. And yeah, oh, yeah. This is, I sh- if that's that much of a passion, you should be really structuring your whole life around it. Absolutely. Society's constructs, but also things like they talk about don't go out and buy a new TV every a year or don't need that new appliance. Start thinking about those, those little things that you go out and buy every day, every month. Yeah, that's a journey. That's an overseas trip. I mean, just the idea of, hey, living a little bit minimalist, it's not necessarily like crazy. One pack, but they talk about necessarily just going out every week, getting new clothes. And then the thing is also when you want to go and travel full time, you've got all this shit that you have to get rid of. What do you do with that? You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mental baggage, but also costs. So things like that. And I don't know, they just talk also about specific ways of travel, um, about trying to you know, meet locals rather than being tourists and just so much. Yeah, there's real difference between travelling like a tourist and travelling like a vagabond person. And it's like you hear people talk about it, but what does it really mean? Can you kind of give us a, a quick summary of what that means? Like what's travel like a tourist mean? As he talks about in one thing, he's like 
there's a distinction between travel traveler and tourists i was just listening to this part the other day yeah okay <laughs> and he goes it's this idea but it's kind of also stupid you know <laughs> it's like the tourist is the guy there was a good quote hang on let me so the one thing they say is a tourist is someone who doesn't know where they came from and a traveler doesn't know where they're going okay the idea of you know the tourist that just comes along and you know sees a place quickly ticks it off takes some photos my biggest picture in my head of all of this is the tourist is there with their iphone they're taking the photo but they're not actually looking at the thing they're just exactly looking through the camera lens yeah and i think that's that idea of that they don't know where they've been what does that mean i think that's what that you're saying like they haven't actually been there they've taken a photo but they haven't actually been in the present they haven't they haven't experienced the actual town no so they're just on one end they're just in the photo and then they've walked away and they're gone oh yeah i was in that something like going to all the tourist locations not actually exploring the towns it's like a i did i did this town or i did that town like it's on my to-do list but it's like the amount of people i go to europe i went to paris you know uk germany Amsterdam. okay great that's like, they're amazing places and nothing against them, but it's like, what's the mentality of going as well? Like, I guess this is a reason why I went for Sweden and Chile. They're so, the places that not everyone goes to, and that draws me there as well a bit more because people, I think, tend to go to places because everyone does. And it's like, yep. They've told me to go there. That's what I should do. Because they say at one point in the book as well, tourist places are touristicky and attraction points for a reason. Don't avoid them. Go see the Eiffel Tower. You know, go see Machu Picchu, which what I saw and was incredible. Like, I'm not going to miss out on it just because there's a million people there. But that shouldn't also be just because people go there doesn't mean you should go there. You know, try and get out of town. Try and also feel a bit of how you're traveling. Have vagabonding's a lot about being open to what happens on the road, not planning as much. And kind of letting the journey kind of unfold itself a little bit. Exactly. They talk about get to a bus stop and just go, oh, like, which bus should I get on? You know, that's quite extreme. I'm sure you've done Yeah. <laughs> that's that before about going to Zagreb. Yeah. It was pretty close to what I did. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. This was really vagabonding. I mean, they call it backpacking as well, but it depends what... They do. There's a few names for it. The issue about backpacking is really it's a... puts people into one that have, you know, teenagers trying to escape their life before they get into the real world. Yeah. Whereas vagabonding is a long-time way of living. It's like having travel as part of your lifestyle rather than... Exactly. And not just getting it out of your system. You're never getting it out of your system. You're never going to get this out of your system. It's it's here to, and you, you just have to honour it. Some people do, and I, I personally don't understand it. But Yeah, that's true. I met a friend too from Slovenia and stayed with his family. And his mum was like, yeah, I've, I've travelled like so many places, but I'm done now because I've realised everywhere is exactly the same. Oh, yeah, she's just happy to be home now. That's nice. It's like everyone's the same. Everywhere's the same. And I was like, yes, like I get what you're saying. Like people are fundamentally yeah. the same. And the places are built on a fundamental similarity. We're all human. I get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But there's so much more to travel with than that. Like she got what she needed out of it and she's done with it. Exactly. Everyone's journey is different. That's great. But you're like, no, but I just want to see more places. For me, it's not 
necessarily about seeing the places. I mean, a little bit. It is so much the people for me. Okay. Meeting people. Meeting people and the way they live their life. You think about this. You go to, let's say, I don't know, even like France when I was there. Think about food-wise, okay, and the way they live. They eat a massive meal at lunch. And it's a real cultural thing. Like often at times people will come home for lunch and then dinner's this tiny little thing. But you think about how that impacts your whole life, you know, that little thing, you know, how people think about their countries and the world. And if you're living in just one country, how can you actually truly understand what they're living if you can't experience the way they're living? I think that's the other part about the travel long term. I actually want to sit down and be in a place for a long period. Yeah, I love that. Rather than, oh, let's tick it off two minutes. You can't really understand. And that's really why I ended up coming to Chile because I just had so many good friends that I was working with and seeing the culture of of them and the way they're acting. And I just was like, how can I have so many amazing friends from the one place, from one country? Like, how can I truly understand them without living there and experiencing? Oh, wow. That's amazing. I guess that's what I also love about travel, trying to understand that. Obviously, Chile, you've got the language barrier. So what's the language barrier? Everyone speaks Spanish. Spanish and the crazy Chilean Spanish, which I love so much. But <laughs> And you've learned it now? You've learned how to speak it? More or less. Yeah, so I actually, I actually called up. So I've been here, what, six months? And I guess I, so I learned a tiny little bit when I was in Sweden. Like I started with Duolingo. I had my workmates and, you know, I was talking, but barely. It wasn't much yet. So it's like, hola, como estas? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah learn the basic words and then I got back to Australia in November I had four months and I literally got on Duolingo I had another app and I was probably on there for at least an hour if not two hours a day like hammering out language so hang on just hang on I've got so many questions about all this so first of all why did you decide to even learn Spanish like I think like you might be so obvious to you but listening might be like yeah but why even bothering what can't you just get by with English like when you went to Sweden you didn't go ahead and learn Swedish the way that you've learned Spanish right now well I did try in Swedish so I did a bit beforehand but again this is a cultural thing I think I touched on it before Swedes just want to speak English okay and the Spanish what is not like I mean that I mean honestly people want to learn if then if they're here they want to learn it but I felt like I learned more Spanish before I even left Sweden because I said to my workmates and my friends I said hey I'm going to go to Chile I want to learn the language okay so they're like okay let's do it they would be like one of the guys was like I'm only going to speak Spanish to you then I was like okay like I like have like three words but okay and they're just so excited to help you that's amazing. Whereas the Swedes, when I even had, like I sat there and I explained the whole menu in Swedish, so I spoke for like five minutes. And if they asked me a question, I stumbled or, you know, said it slightly wrong. They were like, English. And you're like, I'm sorry, like, I'm here trying to learn the language. And they're like, not my problem, you know. <laughs> English is easier, you know. That's it's amazing. more convenient, more efficient. Is English is more efficient. Let's continue in English. And you're like, so they're looking for the more efficient option. Yeah, yeah. and they're not. Wow. About you learning the language, and then yeah, and then they have all these political issues there where they tried to. I don't actually know what happened in the end, but they had this massive vote trying to, and they voted against immigrants 
And one of the things was because most people don't speak Swedish. I'm like, that's your own fault though. Like, but literally, they don't see it. They don't actually see it that way. No, they wouldn't. But they're trying realize. to be. I think they think they're trying to be accommodating. Yeah. In some ways, but it comes across a little arrogant and a little just, you know. And then uh, also, there's so much cultural aspect to that. If you don't understand that language that you're living in, you know, these guys they may speak perfect English, the Swedes. Oh, the Swedes, yeah. But they're less likely to invite you over time and time again, like for every week, if they're speaking all with their friends in Swedish because they will then have to speak English with you and extra effort to include you. So, And that's annoying, obviously, for them. As much as they like speaking English a little bit, you know, when they're there, but, you know, when they're wanting to relax, having drinks, they're just like, come on. Obviously, there's some that are different, but in general, that's their... It's like that show, that show you showed me about moving to Sweden. It's called Welcome to Sweden. It's two seasons. So it's about this yeah, guy who moves to Sweden with his Swedish girlfriend who, yeah, they met in the US and then moved over there. Comedy, that typical. Yeah, it's really funny. American, sorry, American as in United States American uh, <laughs> guy, you know, just his clueless. Uh, not asshole. He's, he just, no, he means <laughs> well. He means he, he well. He means well, but you know, he's a bit. Yeah, you know, he's uh, American. He's typically American. He's like, hi everyone. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. Get yeah, it. Um, and they go through so many different cultural things, and they're all true. Obviously, they're exaggerated to be in a show. Tell us, just. I'm, I'm sorry. I really need to bring this up. Tell us about that thing you were telling us, about, telling me about, and it's in the show as well that the Swedes do with the. I don't know with the sounds on the phone. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm asking here. Okay, so you also notice this in so, um, you know, previous episode which I uh, recorded with my friend Danielle, and I think it's going to be aired before this one will be. So if you want to go back and listen, sorry, Danielle. <laughs> so she's from the US. Oh, my God. Please tell us all about this. This is amazing. So she's from the US and this is a very common thing that you learn Swedish and then you pick up these idioms. So okay. one of the things, I mean, you've got ya, yeah, which is like, yes, but like you also go, <gasps> she didn't do it so as much. what is that? So that's what a, is going on there? What is happening? Listening, okay. Okay, so are you like sighing? Is that a, is it like a hiccup? Like, like what? Inhale, sort of. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like almost hyperventilate. I'm not sure. But uh, <laughs> but I don't think Danielle did this one too much. She had a couple different ones okay. that I picked up on. I find this amazing. Uh, it's something, Okay. I think, also because they speak such good English and they'll speak English a bit, so they'll probably switch a bit throughout the days. So they pick up these little things like that. Um, apparently in North, it's like, or something, I'm doing that one wrong, I'm sure. But it's like literally saying, you know, in English, if someone's talking and you're like, yep, 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 mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know? Yep, that's yep, there. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, that's there. <laughs> so hang on. So I'm telling you a story like I went, you know, I went to work and this thing happened, blah, 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 blah. And you're there on the other end of the phone. <laughs> Oh my yeah. God, that is incredible. I, I just, I just find that amazing. And, and so, uh, yeah, when I was working at the restaurant, you'd hear, like, I'd be talking to the Swedes and, you know, obviously going into English and you just hear them go. 
Oh my god, it's it's just gorgeous. I just think it's gorgeous. Yeah, and it's just one of those unconscious things. They also have things like, you know, IKEA being Swedish, like IKEA. Yeah. I think it's called IKEA. So then often people, when they translate into English, will you know, use words like that, say it in Swedish. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it's quite funny. Is there any other idioms or things that you can tell us about? Like, what else did Danielle say? I think it was like the yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, which is like a yes, yes, you know. Okay, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of saying, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 no. yeah, same sort of thing. <laughs> but, um, That's gorgeous. Okay, I love but, it. Yeah, not to, like not crazy amounts of things, but you, you do notice them. But this is like, you know, when you travel, you, you learn these things. You would never know about no, any exactly. of that if you didn't go there. And it's just fascinating. And, yeah, and this is why I love traveling. Yeah. You know, I've read books about India and they do a little, like a little side nod. And it's, you know, it's just beautiful when they're listening. They do like a, they wiggle their head a little. It's, oh my God, I, I just think it's wonderful. Yeah. It's and, and the thing is, you know, they might be in your country or whatever. And you hear this and you're just like, you either don't notice or you hear it and you're like, what the hell is that? But how do you really understand until you live there either? That's another level of understanding, you know. But back to your question, long and long answer to it, but uh, about speaking, learning Spanish was the enthusiasm they had. I mean, but also if I'm going to live in a country, I do want to speak the language. Yeah, I want to actually, yeah. Yeah, tell us about that. Like why? You just... Going to a country, if you want to live there, I mean, again, I had struggles with Sweden and it's probably another part which frustrated me a lot about Sweden. Um, and part of it was I could have done a lot more, I guess, but there's a lot more effort you have to put in to learn the language. Yeah, and you, you're facing a barrier. It's like going against a wave, you know, like... Yeah, you know, it's horrible. <laughs> you got the tide and you're trying to go the other way you can get there it's just a lot more work you have to be a hard swimmer you know <laughs> absolutely and you know you're like dude i'm here for a year like i don't have i don't i can't you know it gets too too much yeah, and they even have if you have this specific i think we we're talking we started talking to you about it i can't remember about a personal number so you have a specific number that you get if you're there for more than a year which is another whole trouble so it gives you like a healthcare number or something yeah but it gives you everything like everything so with this number you can even get free swedish classes but because my visa was a year exactly i couldn't get it so i got a tax number but i couldn't even sign up for a gym i couldn't you know i could only get like one type of bank account there's so many restrictions so frustrating to get a better job in sweden you need to learn swedish but if you don't have this number you have to pay a ridiculous amount to do it. And you have to do it quite a lot because of this whole barrier. You have to get so comfortable for the Swedes to be able to talk to you. But I, as a taking that away, I learned French. And then I went to France to do it because living in the country is generally what's going to help you learn the language faster. Absolutely. That's so much more fun. But again, as I said, you don't really understand the culture without learning it. Like you can't really get to understand the people like you can't they're not going to open up as much if you don't understand the language i really like this topic because there is this i guess idea in society or there's a stigma against learning languages because people just think it's really hard and people think the languages you will learn as a child that's it you're stuck you know you're stuck there unless you actually move somewhere else and then you really struggle to learn a new language and blah blah but the thing is there's all these new ideas about it and you know some people you seem to have this attitude which i love but 
that, you know, you can just learn it in a couple of months. Like it's really not a big deal. Like if you just open your mind to learning a language, you just, you just learn it. It's just like another skill that you just. Yeah. My pet hates when I hear people I talk about languages and they say, oh, well, you know, you're, you're just good at languages. Yes. Yes. Honestly, I don't think I am bet like better than anyone else. Okay. Do you know this? Can I just say this, this is another whole topic that we could spend two hours about. Like my dad, my dad's kind of like you, but my dad actually did a linguistics degree and he knows about 10 languages and he's fluent in about five. And he just, he just sits there and he just learns a new language and he thinks it's nothing. He thinks it's, I just learnt French on the way. Like he just doesn't, you know, but yeah, he actually does have a talent for languages and like to acknowledge it, people do have talents. But hang yeah, on. No, yeah, no, go on, go on. Like what you said to me the other day about writing when I, so we're, we're, yes, I write, no, write I, this blog, okay. And then I said, Maria, and I was like, man, she comes back and she's like, I've made this more personal. She pretty much like rewrite it all, which and it was amazing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I did not well, rewrite at all. I did not because you gave me the whole context. Yeah, yeah but um, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I was like, man, I'm not good at this. And you went, stop, stop right there. It's all about practice. The more you do it, this is languages. You learn second language is probably the hardest. Third, a bit easier, and then it's a bit easier. Yeah. Because, see, this is amazing information. Because yeah. the thing about languages, okay, it's about. Obviously, you're learning new vocab, but certain languages have very similar, especially French. Okay, French to English, there's so many words that are similar to English. Yes, I agree. It's like, I would go, hmm, I'm not sure what it is. Let's just try the word in English with a French accent. It sounds ridiculous. But... No, no, I totally, I'm totally with you. Like, I know three languages and this, the same thing happens. And so I can now, because I, because I know three, I can pick up things from a lot of the others. Yeah, and you kind of just go... Like Spanish is similar-ish to French and English, but not like close, close. But they'll listen to something and like I'll be like, oh, that's that's not the same as English, but it's a same, similar to a word in French, but it's not the same meaning. But you can kind of put it together. Like put it together, going okay, yeah. Because there's base words that are used over and over again in lots of different languages, and so once you get a feeling for those, you get the context of the conversation. Yeah, and obviously, you go to something like Chinese or something; it's a whole other ballgame. Yes, but, and that's very hard. Yeah. But at the same time, you're learning the skills about, for example, okay. So I want to quickly before we get to here, I'm going to go back to saying about people who think you know certain people have more or less. I think obviously, if you've got a disability, you know, mental disability you know, learning disability, different. Mm. But yep. if you can speak one language right, you can get to the next. It may not be perfect if you're learning it later, but the biggest thing you need to learn is to be fine with making mistakes and just talk. Just go for it. People worry. They go, oh, no, I'm not sure if I'm doing it right. Oh, oh who cares? I love that. You say that, you say the verb wrong. You say the wrong verb. You say like... The wrong word entirely. Yeah, if you're like, okay, I don't know, like I want to say, uh, where is my school bag, okay? Yep. And I can only think of bag. You just say bag. Just say bag. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Just because you're stated on this or you're saying you've got suitcase. You could say suitcase for school. You know, people yes, understand. Yes, yes. They might correct you, they might not, but it's better than you sitting there going, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. Hey, I just, I just want to say um, Tim Ferriss has a lot of content on this and he reckons that if you put the right kind of effort into it, you can learn a new language every three months. And I think he does. Maybe you could put a link in the podcast notes about this. I, th I know you, 
you've listened to a little bit of Tim Ferriss, but he says, if you get it right, he just thinks it's just another one of those little skills that kind of like you, but you know, he writes about this and he actually has some stuff on his website. Yeah. And look, I've found the same thing with singing. Like I, I've been learning how to sing as an adult and I always used to think that was just a talent or non-talent thing, but apparently it's the same. You actually can learn. If you just, yeah, like you said, let yourself make mistakes and just try. And the thing is, you said as well, is certain people do have more ability. It's like though with maths or... And that's fair to acknowledge. But it's not massive, to be honest. It's like, like I, at school, I never thought of myself as a science person. I had this idea, I was like, I, I'm not good at science. That's not my thing. Then what did we go up and study? science well that was my bachelor was a science like health science degree you know neuroscience and but the thing is there are things you are naturally talented at absolutely but it's not enough you know don't get me wrong yeah it's just a little thing but it is but you need the right motivation as well you do actually want to do it you know it needs to be a balance it needs to be a balance yeah and that's i think with the health science the science stuff I was keen to learn about the body and neuroscience and all that because there was a purpose for it. There was a reason. But then I go and study and then I understand it more because I can apply it, you know, and the same with languages. When I was learning French at school and then I said, okay, let's go to France. Let's actually apply this. I actually want to study more about it. Yeah, of course you do. That's why I studied so much. Like when I came back to Australia, I was like, boom, 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 boom. I also was studied working the Spanish. a little bit, but I felt so like I was in transition yeah i want to talk about that as well yeah i came back to get my visa see my friends yeah in some see way your family was, yeah see, sorry family and friends that's what i was, that's what you meant all of those things i don't know it's like four months and that was i was probably about halfway and obviously i changed so much from living how did you find coming back almost tougher than certain times when i was in sweden to be honest yeah how i i mean one got moving back to my parents and i love them but I moved overseas completely and then I also ended up moving in on my own, living on my own. Yes. To going back to with your parents where I think we got there and adjusted towards the end. But, you know, there was just certain certain things like, you know, just... Just communication and just having to share your space. Communication and, you know, parents wanting to help you out a lot like they used to as well. And you're like, oh, well, that's kind of like Ed. them. Yeah, no, no, it's not. And I remember one time I was like, oh, like, what do you, I'm going to see the market. What do you want? I was like, I don't know. I'll think of it later and I can get it. It's like, well, I'm going now. So why don't you just do it? I was like, well, I don't know. Just, I can go. I can do it all on my own, you know, anytime. There's, there's no rush. Because <laughs> you're an adult now and they're used to yeah, and I'm like, just like getting things for you and paying for you. And it's not the money or like, yeah, we had a bit of philosophical on that side as well. But I think the biggest one was the, yeah, like just going, oh, like I can do it for you. And it's like, well, I'm not ready to think about, you know, what I'm going to do for dinner. I might do it on my own. You know, if I want something, I can do it. You know, we went back and talked about it afterwards when I like, so I went, wow, kind of, you know, that <laughs> out. And I was like, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. There was also, you know, they had new like tea that would come over to the house, which, yep. you know, I guess, obviously, you know, you're not having kids at home and you're going to make more friends to, to bring over, which is totally fine. Yeah, yeah. But it was just super strange. and Probably never, from my recollection, would have someone like that in, in their life and would be sitting down watching TV with my parents and then they'd just rock up 
and I'll be like, okay, like who's who's this? <laughs> like, okay, he came by like two days ago. That's cool. You know, I don't want to be rude and keep the TV on because we've got in the way our, our living space is, is the TV room is where you stay and chat. So it's not like, even though there is a second space, we don't use that space. Okay, yeah. So if someone's watching the TV, that's where everyone is, unless they're outside. It's just super rude. You can't just sit there and be like, okay, I'm just going to continue watching this while we've got a guest here who, and it's just Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Your lives are so different. Yeah, and then I was never the sort of person who'd want to go up into my room and hide away, but I ended up realising I just needed the space because I just wasn't, yeah. Yeah, I was yeah, used yeah. to, you know, in Sweden, I could go home and it was just my space, always my space. If I wanted people, I would leave the house and find people, you know, catch yeah, up with yeah. people or invite them over, but that's my space, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just so different, like that, for example. But then also friends-wise, as much as I, I love seeing my friends again, I came back and there were certain people who for four months would message, would message a bit when I was overseas, but I realised I was the one instigating because I was, you know, way I'm wanting to contact with people. So they'd message back. I got back. I'm like, hey, I'm here. Do you want to meet up? Obviously, people have busy lives, but the ones who never in four months found time, I would message them maybe four or five times and they'd be like, oh, okay, well, Clearly, this isn't going to happen, which is okay. But I also realized, obviously, you are such a different type of friend to the ones I had in Sweden. And I love our friendship. But, you know, you with a kid, which is amazing. Love Archer, you know, love doing that sort of stuff. But I was very much, I found this new sort of lifestyle. Of, like you missed I, your friends. No, but it, yeah, missed my friends. But what they gave me and the lifestyle that I, had grown into was a bit more going out, not necessarily clubbing, just going to, especially being from a restaurant and I guess social wise of Sweden, like you go out a bit more. Um, so you go to a pub and have drinks with friends. Yeah, you might get wasted most nights. It's a bit more European, isn't it? They, they kind of find, they go out more. Yeah. And yeah, I might go clubbing every so often. And I never I mean, obviously I went out for pubs or whatever, went to friends' places, but I such a different type of friends. I never had that in Australia. And I came back going, how can I find this? And it was very hard. And honestly, found them in like the last month, which was okay. But, you know, and then I also started to get comfortable about the other friends, like I, who I did approach, like yourself, to the certain people that I moved back. And since leaving, I know in that few months, I got to know them a lot more than... I had in like maybe the five, 10 years that I knew them before, just a couple people. It was such a big change and trying to figure out, I guess I yeah had the fear when I was going back as well. Like I was so nervous and this was, uh, I don't know if we said this, but yeah, I didn't tell anyone I was going back except for like my sister surprised everyone. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. It was cool. You had a bit of a shock. That was fun. <laughs> and you surprised your parents even. So it just rocked up the parents place my sister picked me up she was like one of the few people who knew and she just came in and they were like what the my mum was like oh my god that's the first time I like I ever swear Amazing. but they were just like what went wrong oh uh, <laughs> yeah 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 what happened yeah yeah like you got kicked out of the country because <laughs> you were planning to stay for five years oh uh, yeah, yeah 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 and I didn't explain this massive shift in things um because I was trying to keep it secret uh, but 
I guess part of the other reason why I kept it a secret, because I told like a couple of people, one was my friend was so excited. Oh, you're coming back. I'm so excited. I was like, I am not excited. <laughs> yeah, it'll be nice to see you, but I'm not excited to come back. I know I want to keep going, but. I'm actually leaving again. Don't don't think I'm staying. <laughs> oh, I remember you talking about that a lot. Like, I don't want to think I'm staying. I'm not staying. Yeah, I had this fear that, I mean, two things. One, I would get stuck again. Yes. Yeah. You started to feel those arms reaching you, those arms of stability and um, homemaking. <laughs> the other part was it's this reverse culture shock, I guess. Fear that the person you've changed into, you go back and, you know, when you go for a small holiday, like, I'm loving this, I'm doing this, I'm doing all this better. You come back and you're like, I want to keep doing these little habits. You drop them like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, I wish I wish I'd continued doing that. But obviously when it's a year and a half. It's different. These are a bit like you've changed. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Still have this thing of like, you know, for example, I realized I had a bit of issues making friends with males growing up, which I I spoke a bit with uh, Zach in the podcast with him that I first did. Yeah, maybe you could put that in the link as well. Put everything that's relevant. And we talked about the fact that, yeah, just you know, whatever things that I had and I was friends with a lot of girls, girls yeah, which is good, but I feel like I, they obviously weren't giving me everything that I felt right. Like I felt like I gained a lot more. So I had a lot more male friends. Not that I didn't have female friends, but. In, in Sweden, you had more male friends, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was coming back and I was like, okay, well, my, most of my friends are female and then like, I feel like I need the... The male company, yeah. Yeah, but how do I do that? Will I just get comfortable with you know, everything that's there, you know? Yeah. And I don't know how I, I don't know, just getting used to it and realising there's always two sides to a coin. You're not going to change back unless you want to, but you can also find stuff if you really look for it. It's just hard. It is hard. It is always going to be hard. Life is hard. And there's always the cult- the cultural stuff. Like in Australia, it's not as natural for people to just go out like they do in Europe and things like that. So you're kind of fighting a bit of a cultural battle as well, trying to find those things. And that's why some people do move to Europe from here. Yeah. And then you've got Chile, which is complete opposite as well. Um, and what's, you know. what's that like? Tell us a little bit about that. What's it like over there? Okay. Well, so I met up with my friend who'd moved back to Chile, the one that I talked about uh, before that. and. I met up with him. I got off the plane at like 11 and I went straight to Valparaiso from the airport. 11 at so, night, at night time. Yeah. yeah. So a couple hour bus ride. And I think I got there like yeah, midnight or one o'clock or something, waiting for him to pick me up at the bus stop in this foreign country. I'm looking around and they've got all this street food that I'm just like, is it safe to have? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm hungry, but I'm like, I'm in this, I don't understand. Valparaiso is this sort of slightly, not run down, but rust, let's say rustic. It's got a, some okay, people hate yeah. it. Okay. But it's got a, it's got a bit of a smell, but. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got this amazing vibe, hipster sort of, you know, but anyway, I get there at like one o'clock and then my friend picks me up, go straight to his house. So he's got his girlfriend and his sister who speak very little English and I speak very little Spanish. I mean, the first thing, we're sitting there, we're smoking some weed, we try some pisco, you know, (laughs) first thing you do there. And then, yeah, the next night we're going out at like, you go out really late here in Chile as well. Like you start maybe 1 
12 or 1 o'clock. Okay, so then you'll go to like 8 o'clock. In the morning. So you have your afternoon naps. Yeah, you just, I mean, this is just the way it is. So like, you have your afternoon naps. They don't go out late. They might come and meet people at their houses and have, you know, drinks before then. Yeah, so we went out to this house party thing. It was really interesting, but it was just like all these people, oh, yeah, trying to chat with me. Didn't speak much Spanish, but you know. So even after all your efforts in Australia, two hours a day and everything. Oh, st- I mean, okay. Especially Chilean Spanish. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's different. Yes, it's C in Spanish, yeah. Yeah. In Chile, they can say Sipo. They just put a po at the end, which means. What, just for no nothing. reason? For no reason. Okay, okay. That's not in your C-po, app. Sipo, no po. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I saw the But then. They kind of a bit like in Australia as well, where we cut off okay. syllables. We do like, do that. We do do that. Yeah. Like we say, you know, they say gracias. Yeah. They say gracia, not gracia. Yeah. And it just all slows into one big jumble, doesn't it? And you're like, oh God. And I speak really fast. And as much as you learn from a book, it's a book, you know, you can't just, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you had a, you had a bit of a foundation, but then you had to learn kind of yeah. all over again once you're there. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And. I know. I remember like one person was like, like, oh, oh, you're from Australia. Oh, that's why you're not talking. And then Mike got really excited. Because you know? they just thought you were shy. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I'm this weird shy person. Like, <laughs> a- not very chilly, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't, <laughs> but, we don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's weird. Then so I was in Valparaiso for a couple of weeks while my friend was working, but I'd just travel around the city, you know, relaxing. And one night, he was working and his girlfriend just, I ran into her and she's like, hey, going to, you know, this bar just down there. Do you want to join us? I was like, sure. Okay. You know, let's go. So we went and there was maybe 10 of her friends that, you know, might be from work or work, work, like friends of friends. And I was chatting to all of them. You know, there was people like, hey, oh, you're from Australia. Oh, you don't speak much Spanish. I was like, hey, I'm learning. Can we just just speak slowly and i'm okay when you speak slowly i can do this you know one-on-one conversations and they were like okay but i speak english so if you want to we can always swap over you know this that's nice so different to yeah sweden and then i remember at one point so his girlfriend left I cut about an hour in or two hours in, but I did not feel like I was an outsider. Oh, so you're just there with all these people you just met and you're just like, yeah, this is amazing. I'm just going to chill here with these guys. Yeah. That's amazing. It's just like, uh, how, like this culture of just, oh, you're in, you're cool. Yeah, like, right. Whatever. Everyone's included. Just make, you just need that little in and then you're good. So how are you finding, like you're traveling around a lot. I know you, you've got a few friends, but you're definitely doing some traveling where you don't have any friends as well. Are you just making friends as you go? Yeah, so I've been based mostly in Santiago since I've came. Okay. So, I mean, part of it was because I did volunteer work at a hostel um, and met some guys who were working there and really connected with them. And part of I wanted to come back and meet them. And even though I had my friend in Valparaiso, one, he wanted to speak English. So it was a very, it was going to stunt my Spanish learning. He wanted to use, use an opportunity to learn English, didn't he? Get and I anyway. get that. Yeah. He literally would refuse. He's like, I'll just speak English, you speak Spanish. And it's like, when you have little to no Spanish yeah. or whatever, yeah, I can't. Yeah. Is, you, you can't. You need to hear the word that they're talking about. For example, 
like how do you say beach you know how to say beach like it's la playa it's you know yeah. it you've yeah. learned it okay yeah but you're talking he's talking about the beach in english for like five minutes and then you're like okay i'm gonna say this in spanish shit what's that word again because he yeah, 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 yeah. It's too, it's too, yeah, you know? yeah. It's too hard. Once it's a bit, you got higher level. It's a bit easier, you know. Once you're like, oh yeah, I know what that that word is like that. But especially in that early late learning language, like you need to hear it. You need yeah, to hear. Okay. It's like a you're a parrot, you know. You hear yeah. it, and then you're like, okay, that's that, that that word is. Or if you don't understand, you ask, you know. Yeah, and you but wanted, how can you ask? You wanted to immerse yourself in the spanish and now it's a bit better but still still frustrating but yeah so that's why i went to santiago then i traveled around peru bolivia but it was very touristic not touristic like backpack you know like a couple of days here and there and you know how that it you have you end up my travel with someone but over there there's a lot of in, more english speakers than spanish speakers tourist wise so i didn't speak too much spanish although there was one when i was in cusco peru i was at a hostel for a week or two and but it was like mostly like it was it was really cheap and mostly peruvians okay so i was like awesome we we're speaking spanish you got this like a local vibe it was a bit oh, stingy nice. but that's a part of being <laughs> local you know yeah like, okay. it's not really fancy yeah but that's the locals can afford it a bit more and they were really friendly but then i also so i had that yeah one one guy I went out with a few times and yeah he was really cool and i've been talking to him since and the other flip side when i went to another hostel in another town it was really stingy yeah okay. and i walked in i thought was like i don't want to stay here oh wow i'm a bit scared yeah right <laughs> but there was this local guy and he came up and i was like please please don't sit next to me and he talked to me and he's like okay so something about like oh you know i've experienced death and blah 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 oh god can I just sit on the floor I'm like, <laughs> okay, and again, and he was clearly on whatever drugs yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, I think there's definitely some drugs. Which is fine, but it was just so like, did not feel comfortable. A little bit too much. Yeah, and there's obviously different, it's like in any any country, you go to Australia, you're going to get a bit more of the Bogans or, yeah, the, you know, of course. types of people with different interests. Yeah, so, you've got to just find um, different those towns. people. But coming back to Santiago and sitting down for a bit longer, I met up with those friends and, for example, one of the guys who worked at the hostel, even though I wasn't volunteering, we'd go back to the hostel and, you know, have drinks and stuff made up and people would just bring friends. So, like, for example, there's a couple of guys who I became good friends with who go out quite often that night they're like let's go out and I was like yeah let's do it like it'd be morning to go out you know like I was saying before I need sometimes just need to go out and you want those friends that you can call and say let's do it yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah during that night they're like you look like yeah, and that's exactly what you, you've been wanting to go out for ages you had this like oh <laughs> excitement in your uh, face and they were like we'll give you our phone number anytime you wanted it any day yeah we'll go out oh yeah. that's lovely recently i've been like okay now let's try and make turn it more into not just going out you know friendship uh but yeah so that's interesting on that topic of connecting with people i've noticed that you do just kind of find people and you just connect with them you've got that kind of thing don't you and and i think what i've had to realize yes you see people like oh i make a lot of friends i make Oh, I have really close friends and that's it i guess for me i want so much out of life I'm not saying that other people don't but i want so many different things from life i've realized that i don't think one person can give you everything like in a friend's sense people who you go out with a lot and it's great like you need that 
but then sometimes those people can't, you know, they'll be able to talk to you a little bit about stuff, but I would not be able to go into so much depth or do something like this, you know, do a podcast with them like I can with you. Um, there's something that only our friendship gives and it's the same with every different person. They tick a different box. Yeah, and I think that was something that I really learnt when I was in Sweden where I had a friend who we were close who kind of pulled away and I think it was because I was trying to get a lot of things from him and certain things culturally and emotionally he couldn't give. Some people just can't give it. Some people can't be there for you every time you call for whatever reason, whether it's just the way it is. You have to move on and look for that in someone else if you can, because someone can. I just wanted to say like, this is kind of how this podcast came to be, isn't it? You were making all these connections and meeting these amazing people and hearing their stories and you thought this needs to be shared a little bit. Is that right? Is that sort of? Yeah, that sort of thing. I guess the first time I thought about it, very much thought about it, yeah, when I was travelling around in Split in Croatia, I was talking to this guy. I mean, I mean, this is the thing, you, especially when you're travelling, you make a connection in such a different way. When you're travelling as a backpacker and you're meeting people for like two days everyone's meeting everyone for like two days you need a connection you that's what we need as humans and you can't get these deep conversations so you make it becomes even more intense in some ways because what do you mean how like you can talk about anything because you're never going to see that person again you're never going to see that person again and they're never going to see that and they're in the same state of mind that you're in you might see them again but yeah, why don't you have that inability and you're out of your comfort zone? You're like, hey, I'm already out doing this. May as well just go with it. And they're spilling their heart. So you're spilling your heart, you know, like, and I just remember, I think I was talking similar sort of things, just something about connections and how, I don't know, something. So, so this is part of why I wish I started the podcast then, where we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just met. Well, one thing, he was the first person to talk about traveling. He had a single backpack. Oh, wow. Amazing. And I was like, is that really all you got? You know, like, you're crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, no, no, it's pretty good. Like, it's all I need. And then, you know, I started. That went into the back of my brain. Internalizing that one. Yeah. If I never went to split, I'd probably have like five different backpacks. Imagine imagine that. You'd have a big shopping trolley. You'd be one of those crazy people with a shopping trolley. one guy. Met this one guy. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But and so you wished that you could have recorded that conversation. Yeah, whatever it was, I was just like, man, you know, we're sitting here for like three hours talking, like in-depth, philosophical. He also got me through some of this this shit I had with some of my friends back in Sweden that I just hadn't processed. That I couldn't process. And he was telling you some deep stuff about his own life. Absolutely, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you probably did that for him. Exactly. We were talking about, I think, his relationships. And, you know how people weren't talking or this or that. You know. Yeah, yeah. Similar, you know, and it's just like, man. I wish everyone could hear this sort of conversation, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's where it first came out. Um, that, that is so cool. And it's the passion that people have, I guess. People are like, oh, this person does an amazing thing uh, in their life. Do you think they should be into it? I'm like, hey, maybe, but are they passionate? Do they have this itching drive for whatever they're talking about? Yeah. And how did that turn into this podcast? You know, how did that idea turn into this? Well, so I went from that and then I just... I don't know. I guess I was thinking podcast initially, but then it kind of drifted because away. Because you are good at talking and connecting. Yeah, it was just a conversation. I was like, I love, I think for me, connections is one thing that I kept 
thinking of like you think about it like every person you meet okay every person you meet affects you in some way actually i think this is exactly what we're talking about affects you in some way okay so about this if you walk down the street and you knock into someone and they're gonna be like oh you don't say sorry they get frustrated they they might have been ruined you know just because you didn't say sorry the smallest thing the smallest connection can be so small but so big that's what our lives are filled of is connections you know going weird like weirdly philosophical yeah yeah that's okay but every connection affects you in a different way whether it's positive or negative it makes you make a different decision next time as well because you know if that dude if you knock someone didn't say sorry and they started yelling at you maybe one time you're like oh you know like he was rude but if it happened like four or five times you realize you're in the wrong oh you know? yeah absolutely so the more connections you make the more it kind of pushes you into a direction yeah it changes you and i don't know i feel for me part of it is make i just want to make all these connections and share these connections with people in a way it's beautiful i got back and zach was like ah oh, i want you to get on my podcast and i was like oh i don't know like i'm super nervous yeah 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 we did it luckily i had a like a beer in me first yeah yeah <laughs> yeah lucky yeah lucky but after that i think again it was the passion that he saw in me the passion the drive yeah the goals it was he was yeah he really liked that yeah that's what he wanted to share and let's realize i wanted to share with other people like i was also like my passion he could see that people were interested in you know and people were so keen when i came back oh what have you been doing what are you doing what's doing like i'm so keen on stuff you just needed to share it i need to share it and i feel like it's part of something that yeah has to be done you know oh that's that's wonderful just slowly progressed into this listening to people and and then you discovered the online world a little bit so now you're teaching english online as well and funding some of the yeah. jobs yep and i guess it's i mean what i'm wanting and i think we're going to be we've been talking about you and i about building into something a bit more tell us about the future a little bit as well we've been talking a little bit about it so we're looking about maybe doing some videos some, some blogs we still haven't nutted it out whether it's going to be fully part of curacy or a separate project yeah but there's some real scope for things what curacy is about is about finding the passion sharing passion and inspiring people to get there as well yeah yeah i've shared my story people are like oh i wish i could do that this that. And it's like hey let's do it or do you want to do it let's maybe i can help you find out how to do it yeah let's talk about it yeah absolutely i yeah, love so that. for example you know if i get someone on like so i had someone on earlier talking about dog massages and how she's done that she teaches it and i had a friend message me and it was just like i've been listening and i've just i think it was that and another one she just said it's just reminded me that there's something giving me the direction that i want to go you know whatever it was about it might not it might not be i want to be exactly that yeah but, but there's direction and if i can do that for one person yeah and it's worth you know, it I can do it for one person it's worth it. that's so wonderful i think that's such a lovely way to wrap up this episode as well that it's kind of come back around to what you're doing and why you're doing it and yeah and that was the whole idea wasn't it that we wanted you to give some background of how this podcast started yeah so that's really nice you, you know are you happy over there doing what you're doing do you ever miss home or are you quite happy to do this for the rest of your life do you think i think this is the thing uh, for the first time in a while i'm actually really excited that i can be wherever i want to be yeah i was feeling a bit stuck so now i've got plan yeah i want to 
I've got a friend coming over, hopefully January. So we're going to go somewhere in South America together. I'm so excited. And then you're planning to go up to be in the US in June and just travel there and then meet a friend in so June next year, 2020. And then I was talking to another friend about meeting in Asia. Okay. So it's like, okay, let's go after that, like August, September. And, and, and then I can come back home for a while. Come back to Australia then, for a bit. And then just see what happens. Yeah. And it just keeps growing, doesn't it? Wherever I want to be. I love it. If I get back to Australia, like we're talking about before, maybe traveling around Australia in a van. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. I I love it. Do that, you know? Fantastic. I might get to a stage where I meet someone and they've got to sit down for a while. I'll sit down for a while. But if I can have that option, I'm not tied down to anyone or anything. No work, especially work. Especially work. That's the main one. Should not tie you. Take you away from your passion. Yeah, that's exactly right. Think about your goals in life and try and go towards them, whatever it is, whatever your passion is, live for that. I love that. Let everything else fit around that. Yeah, I think that's the perfect wrap up. Let's leave it right there before we wreck that wonderful ending. Thank you so much. We'll do another topic soon, won't we? Absolutely. I think this is turning into a, a bit of a regular. I think so. Thank you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to my story and learning all about me. If you guys have the time, it would mean so much if you could rate the Curious Emu podcast and put a review on either that or the episode on whatever platform you are listening on. It means the world. And remember guys, stay curious. Until next time. Ciao.